once someone has gone through your event and has got to know you, trust you, that you've built authority, it's so much easier then to convert them into your existing or even new programs and services that you offer. I'd like to welcome Liam Austin to the Productivities Podcast. Thanks for joining me today, Liam. Mike, thanks for having me. So I wanted to dive into the idea of virtual events. Uh, and I mean, the reason that this is so prevalent right now, and I try to make every episode timeless, is live events like where you get to meet people face-to-face and all that stuff, not happening with great frequency right now, at least not en masse. And so there's been a, a real rise or um, even a, 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 a glut to some degree of, of virtual events. Can you talk, you have a lot of experience with, with virtual summits and, and virtual events. And I, I want to know first, right out of the gate, because you're going to have people that are listening to this episode that are both interested in maybe having online events and summit style. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, but also people who are, being maybe inundated or are attending them and are looking for the right ones to attend. So um, right out of the gate, like what kind of power is, can be leveraged in, in this idea of a virtual event, virtual summit? Oh, that's a big question. and something that gets me pretty excited because I've built my whole business and, and really now my lifestyle off the back of running virtual events. And uh, I ran my first big virtual event, so a, a virtual summit, uh, in 2015, we had, uh, I think there was 35 speakers and over 15,000 attendees at this uh, virtual event, which was huge for us. And uh, just in ticket sales, we made $50,000 and where most of the profit is made uh, for these virtual summits that we we run uh, is with the back end with a high ticket, high um, you know ticket offer, whether it's a program, a service or some kind of uh, program. So for me, uh, I've run and hosted over 17 of these events myself and, and many more for our clients. And it's just in terms of lifestyle allowed me to uh, visit my girlfriend's family in Sweden. Uh, I'm Australian. You can probably tell by my voice, anyone that doesn't know me. Uh, but I'm living in, in Europe in a small country called Malta. And it gives me the flexibility to, to move and, and live and run my business from anywhere in the world. Uh, whilst building a tribe, an audience of uh, you know new people that I can introduce to my programs, products, and services. As I said, you know that that high ticket, that back end offer that you want to sell off the end. Once someone has gone through your event and has got to know you, trust you, that you've built authority, you're now being seen as a go-to expert by these people on your list because those attendees are all now on your list it's so much easier then to convert them into your existing or even new programs and services that you offer. So I've been doing this for many years now. And I think, you know, what's happening in 2020 uh, now people have been opened up to, okay, virtual events is the only way we're kind of holding events and conferences these days. So people who hadn't been exposed to it before are now suddenly this is the only option. So maybe there's a little bit of overwhelm, but, you know, we will come out of this and there will be a combination of virtual events again, as well as the in-person events. And it's a matter of, you know, deciding of you as the host of one of these events, whether to do both, but as an attendee as well. So this actually brings me to the next question, which is this idea of overwhelm. And I mean, I think that when it first started, when when and it, when COVID-19 first kind of 
broke through and everyone was kind of locked down, there was a, a you know, a, a, ever, virtual events were happening en masse. You know, not just in terms of, you know, what we're talking about, but people, you know, perched in front of, you know, Zoom, uh, which is, <laughs> again, having Phil Simon on the show not too long ago, uh, people had to get very familiar with him. That's why he was able to write a book called Zoom for Dummies, because everyone <laughs> was starting to use it. Um, you're see- you were seeing a lot of that. As somebody who, uh, let's let's go from my from the vantage point of me, the the host, as someone who is considering taking, let's say, the live event that I did in in February, the Big Ready, and bringing it to the virtual space, which was something I was considering to a degree anyway. Uh, now that that's kind of the the direction that everyone has kind of been compelled or or, or co- forced to go in, um, how do you make it different? How do you make it stand out so that amongst all the noise? Uh, there is, uh, you can kind of shine a little brighter. Yeah, absolutely. So if we want to compare, you know, these virtual events versus these offline in-person events, you can basically replicate one and replicate one or switch one out for the other. But yes, okay, it's online. It's a different experience. So what I'm saying here is you can do, say, some kind of seminar that you'd be doing offline. You can do as a webinar online or one of these conferences, you know, big 30 speaker multi-day conferences can be turned into a virtual summit online and everything in between from, you know, doing workshops to smaller um, uh, virtual events to, I mean, even even podcasts in, in a way is potentially uh, a, a style of virtual event, whether maybe it's a giveaway that's involving multiple different partners or maybe a challenge, right? Or workshop, whatever it might be, there's multiple different ways you can uh, position your your virtual event uh, in a way that makes it really interesting to your marketplace. So now that you've kind of got the the format, the style that you want to go for, really think about well, what, what's what's the end goal? What do I want to achieve from this? And then actually, that's probably something you should do right at the very beginning, right? right. Think about okay, what what is that end goal? Um, is it to build my authority? Is it to be, build my email list? Or maybe it's to my existing prospects. I just want to convert them into the first stage of my funnel or even you know, my customers. Let's upsell them into further places or, or products along the funnel. You know, decide on what that is and then potentially you know, a, a virtual event, um, a summit, a webinar might be the, the right option for you, but you need to really make a decision on that. So so thinking about those different styles and what you want to achieve and then go, okay, well, what is going to make it super interesting for my target audience? What's going to make them actually show up, engage, and take that next step, that ultimate goal that I want to achieve from this event? What's going to um, encourage and pull my prospects into making that step with me? So there's, there's a few different things that you can do to help encourage that. And that's, um, you know, setting expectations right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different ways to set expectations for your virtual event. It can be as simple as uh, an, uh, an email with a text version of it. There can be uh, a check-in process. So each and every single person that attends the event, just like they would attend your in-person event, gets checked in at the front door, name written down, making sure you can turn on and off the video on Zoom. You know, you've used it all before. You can know how to raise your hand for chat, all that kind of thing. And you go through that process in that check-in phase and making sure you're setting expectations uh, on that uh, check-in process as well. Uh, there might be 
done in the form of a video or maybe there's a kickoff call prior to the event. So there's a launch party, something that kicks off the event, you know, maybe the night before the event actually begins. So I think that's a really crucial element of it. Um, Just focusing on just that setting expectations for your event. And one simple uh, expectation that I think everyone can do is say, change it from being a free event into a paid event. As soon Mm. as someone's, you know, pulled out their credit card and put their money on the table and, and paid to be at your event, then they're just so much more committed and it's so much easier to engage them and encourage them to take that next step. And that's one of the things I've done before is for members of my time crafting trust community, they are members. So they get to go to any of these live workshops. Let's say that I do for free, the virtual ones that are done through whatever portal I'm using, but then the people who aren't members, they have to pay. So then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and it's not a lot, um, but it, it allows me to do the same event for both members and non-members. And yet the non-members, it's all about like your ultimate goal, like you were saying. And I think that's one of the things that people get caught up in is they they say, oh, well, you know, everyone's doing this, so I should do it now. Like I'm at that phase of my business, that phase of I should be putting on like these virtual events. I should be doing more of these Um what do you say to those people that are just doing it for doing the sake of doing it because they feel like they need to? Because I think that that, that can be a mistake, especially if they've already got a lot going on as well. And, and I definitely want to talk about timing and, and making sure that you, you give some focus to this as well. But for the people who just say, oh, uh, I've been doing the, you know, everyone else is doing this right now, so I should probably do it as well. I, I don't think it's a good strategy to do it that way, but what do you think? And also, if it isn't at that time, how do you kind of make it so that it's something that is more doable and in a way that you can be proud of? Yeah, the, one of the first things we do with uh, the clients that we work with is we we discover and, and, and talk through what our end goal is. Like, what is that high-ticket program or offer you want to make or you want to ultimately sell at the end of the event? Okay, so we know exactly what that is. We know that... Um, it's validated. We've sold at least, you know, three of them. So we know that there's buyers out there willing to pay for this. And then we can reverse engineer the funnel to decide, okay, yeah, what type of event, uh, what, what should we call the event? What's that tagline, that hook that we want to bring people into the event? And then, you know, how many days do we invite partners in or is it only, you know, me as the expert doing the, the training or the coaching, or maybe I'm bring in one or two select people on my team to also provide some training, but it does come down to that end goal. So if you don't have an end goal of your event, then it does make it super, super difficult for you. And I've seen people just throwing up virtual events now without any strategy or thought uh, or structure behind it. And I see them posting going, Oh, it didn't work. I didn't get great results. I only had, you know, a few people showing up. Well, that's because it, the messaging maybe was unclear, the structure wasn't unclear and there wasn't an end goal. And, and the great thing about having that, that ultimate goal at the end is that when you reverse engineer the funnel and you design the, the, the whole event around this end goal, it makes it a very clear structured line of the journey. Each of your attendees or prospects are going through that event with you to ultimately get to that endpoint. So there's a very clear funnel, very clear linear pathway for people to follow, um, which just makes it a lot more sense for people. They feel like, okay, yes, this is for me. This is the right thing. Okay, this makes sense. Okay, that ultimate next step, that goal. Yeah, it's it's logical. It, it is the next logical step for me to take because the whole 
event, the whole funnel has been designed around having and achieving that end goal. And if you don't have that, then the whole event is really unstructured. And at the end of the day, do you know whether it's been a success or not? In your experience, what kind of time frame should someone use to put this together? So I'll give you a, an example from my end is I decided I was going to do an event, the big ready, and I decided very late into the game. Um, it was a successful event. I had a lot of people. It, it turned, and what was interesting is about the what happened with the big ready is I envisioned one thing, and it ended up being something else. But that something else was also wonderful, which was great. Um, but I know that I didn't start as early as I should have. I, I, I didn't give myself enough time. So in terms of like timing, um, and then maybe what you do, I would, I would say that regardless of timing, it should be your focus because there's a lot of impact that you can have. And I think that's another mistake that people make because they try to do too much all at once. But in terms of timing, like lead time, you know, what kind of, you know, if you have some averages, you know, like, hey, this is how yeah. long you should, because I think that it can vary. But um, if someone's thinking about putting this together, they, they should have at least, you know, some sense of, okay, how much time do I need to make sure that I'm giving myself enough of a chance to have a great event? Cool. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, be doing you know, hundreds of these uh, with clients and for ourselves. So I know these numbers quite well. And if you look at really any type of virtual event, but specifically ones where you're inviting other speakers, affiliates, partners, sponsors, maybe to get involved, but you've got other people involved. Uh, you want to have three weeks prior to the first day of the event to begin promotion. So from say 21 days out to 14 days, uh, you're doing some initial um, engagement with your existing audience and maybe your partners are, are promoting two weeks out, you're sending out some emails uh, and then one week out. So seven days to go before the event begins, you're upping the ante, you're increasing the, um, you know, the time's running out. It's the, the fear of missing out factor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Cause mm -hmm. events happening on this day and it's about to disappear. So I would look at at least three, uh, three weeks uh, to be able to um, maximize the number of people that are aware of your event and are able to sign up and block out that, the, that time in the calendar to attend, uh, as well as your any affiliates, partners, speakers that are helping you to promote and get the word out about the event um, to be able to structure and have time in their calendar to, to promote as well. And then depending on what type of event you're, you're creating, right? Like if it's just a just you coaching and uh, you, can, you can almost have three weeks and just go, okay, boom, I know I've, I've got to start promotions now. So I'll let people know the, the name, the title, how many days, where it's happening, and maybe keep some secrets, some things up my sleeve that are going to be announced later on. But, you know, it's because you don't know necessarily mm -hmm. how it's all going to be worked out or how the structure or the calendar or the schedule is going to look like and maybe who other speakers are going to agree to be part of this. So within that three-week period, I think you can absolutely begin. So I think about that as being the, the shortest time frame to maximize the number of attendees and the ROI for your event. Any less than that, then you are going to miss out on some people being aware of attending your event or even not being able to because their, their calendar is blocked. And then if you're running a multi-day, multi-speaker event, 20-plus speakers, potentially three to five days, then that kind of virtual summit or, or virtual conference, uh, we really look at working with clients for 90 days. So three months to be able to prepare and pull that all together. So that that includes pre-recording 
a lot of the content. So mm-hmm. there, there, is, there is, you know, the idea of, okay, live virtual events, uh, but it can be quite stressful or, uh, you, know, over, you know, that overwhelming feeling of, okay, what if tech goes wrong, internet goes down, weather problems, whatever it might be. Uh, when there's that live element, there is that a much higher risk. When you're pre-recording, it, it reduces the risk because you've already, you know, done the editing. It's all formatted. It's it's good to just kind of press play during those days that and, and release the video at the specific time, um, similar to you know, how Netflix releases their their videos or you know, their live Big Brother sessions or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So that does allow you also, if you are inviting experts to be involved that you can be quite flexible uh, with the expert you're inviting to say, okay, well, when are you available to record this session in the next 90 days? Maybe you don't want to go right up to the start of the event. So let's say, say 60 days. So it's prepared 30 days prior to the event beginning. You know, when do you have in your calendar just an hour for us to jump on and record your, your presentation or your interview? So it allows you to potentially, and, and this has been true for all the clients we work with, attract and uh, actually get accepted speakers to be involved in your event that uh, wouldn't normally be able to attend a specific time during a live event, which means you've got bigger names, um, potentially giving you bigger results uh, for your end ultimate goal. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productiveconvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 
86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break from the conversation right now to talk about this episode's sponsors. Earlier in 2020, more than 100 Twitter users got their accounts hacked. Passwords, email addresses, phone numbers, and more all taken from high-profile people like Elon Musk, Kanye West, and even the new president, Joe Biden. These kind of attacks are getting more frequent and more severe. And it's not just Twitter. Facebook, eBay, Uber, Adobe, and Yahoo have leaked data such as passwords, credit card info, and driver's licenses belonging to billions of users. Maybe you've already been affected. I know I have. And if someone can hack Joe Biden, just imagine how easy it would be for them to hack you. That's why I use ExpressVPN to safeguard my personal data online. According to recent reports, hackers can make up to $1,000 from selling someone's personal information on the dark web, making people like me and you easy and lucrative targets. ExpressVPN is an app that funnels your data through a secure encrypted tunnel so that no matter what device you use, you can have peace of mind every time you use the internet. The app connects with just one click and it's lightning fast. The best part is that ExpressVPN works on up to five devices simultaneously so you and your whole family can stay protected. Now that's peace of mind. If a breach can happen to powerful individuals, it can easily happen to you. So protect yourself with ExpressVPN. The VPN VPN rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless others. Now, if you visit expressvpn.com slash timecrafting right now, you can arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash timecrafting. Get that extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So visit expressvpn.com slash timecrafting to learn more today. There are a ton of elements that can affect how productive we are and how well we perform. The kind of sleep we're getting, the stress we are affected by, and then all the recovery that goes on in between. And that goes for whether we're at the gym or at work. All of these things shape how we perform and how productive that we are. And I know that I have struggled with all of these things, not just in 2020, but prior to that. And I wanted to go in to the months ahead and beyond with some kind of uh, tool, some 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 new solution to help me out with that problem, and Newcom has helped me with that. 
I've added new calm to my daily routine and it's made a noticeable difference. Now I'm a big believer in having an evening routine. I think an evening routine is actually more important than a morning routine. But what I've done is added new calm to my morning routine because what I want to do is give myself the best chance possible to get the most out of the day. I'm not that great first thing in the morning. So I already start at a bit of a disadvantage. With Nucom, I've been able to remove that disadvantage altogether. And it's imperative to your health and happiness to be able to manage things like stress that comes along with knowing and following what your body clock is like and, and just not be managed by that kind of stuff. And Nucom gives you the power and control to relax and recharge anywhere and at any time. You can own the day with Nucom. Nucom is the only stress management system of its kind clinically proven in over 1 million sessions to improve your sleep reduce your stress and boost your recovery without drugs and side effects that's really important and the newcom system uses cutting edge neuroscience and it consists of three non-invasive and non-pharmaceutical items all of which are included in your monthly subscription that cost less than a daily cup of coffee, which is something else I have as part of my morning routine, but adding Nucom to that is taking things to a whole new level. The whole process is easy to use and to work into your daily routine, no matter when you want to do it, to achieve better sleep, reduction in stress, and a boost in recovery. So do what I did. Own the day with Nucom. Productivity is podcast listeners have a special offer that you can take advantage of right now. Just go to timecraftingnucom.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Nucom and their money-back guarantee. So listen to this. It's timecraftingnucalm.com, timecraftingnucom.com. Go there today, get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Nucom and start to own your day today. Okay, let me be completely upfront with you right now. Not that I'm not normally upfront with you, but I want to be absolutely upfront when I tell you that I'm not that great at marketing, whether it's social media, email marketing. I mean, it's something that I want to get better at, but I have so many other things that I really want to do and put my best self into, and I've got a lot to learn on this front. And sometimes it's just not one of those things that I can give the attention that I want to make happen. And I just I just run into that issue because there's a barrier to entry for me and I want to lower the barrier to entry when it comes to digital marketing. And that's why I'm glad I've been introduced to Otis. Otis is a digital marketing assistant to help target, optimize, and measure campaigns for entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a small business owner. I was very happy to have Otis come into my life. With Otis, you can acquire new customers that will love your business all from an easy-to-use app. You can create Facebook, Instagram, and Google ads all from the Otis app. Otis's AI technology intuitively optimizes your daily budget to whichever platform is performing best. So not only does it help me post in multiple different places, but it helps me figure out what to spend in those places as well. Using the data that's already available to you, Otis will analyze your existing customers to retarget and find other people like them to target your ads to. Again, that's a massive step. There's a lot that can go into that. Otis helps you with that. You can manage and track results all in real time from the Otis app, and Otis users see results for as little as $10 per day. I'm telling you, if you're like me and you want a solution that's gonna help you with digital marketing, Otis is the way to go. You can get started with Otis today. Otis is offering listeners of the Productivities Podcast a 14-day free trial plus $50 in ad credits. But 
Here's the thing. You have to go to meetotis.com slash timecrafting to take advantage of this offer. That's M-E-E-T-O-T-I-S dot com slash timecrafting to get your 14-day free trial plus a $50 ad credit to get started. What are you waiting for? Do what I did. Get started with Otis today. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know how big a fan I am of Setapp. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Setapp. It launched in beta in 2016 ahead of a full official release in January 2017. And Setapp was founded by MacPaw, the company behind other popular Mac apps such as CleanMyMac and Gemini. And Setapp has grown in terms of number of users, software vendors, and apps available since launch. In fact, Setapp has now more than 200 apps. And in November 2019, Setapp for Teams was launched. And what that did was bring the Setapp software library to teams of all sizes with a simple management tool and billing, as well as integration with Jamf. So Setapp has been around for a while, and it's really the best way to discover new quality apps and get all the tools you need to be successful and productive. Basically, to break it down, Setapp is a subscription for Mac apps. As I mentioned, Setapp packs over 200 high-quality apps into one. There's an app for almost any task, so you can stay in your flow and finish what you start. It doesn't do any good to start, not finish. Setup helps you finish what you started. And Setup has a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality apps. So you know you're getting the goods with Setup. You don't have to search for the best tools anymore. They're already there in Setup. And it's also a great value. Instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee. New apps are added regularly to Setapp as well, so you don't have to go hunting. Plus, the updates are free, and all the apps are full-featured pro versions. And nothing drives me nuts more than getting a, a an app that doesn't have all the features lined up, and then you're using it, and then you realize you've hit a brick wall, and you can't really get the most out of the app, and you're there's just a lot of friction there. And as I mentioned, with Setapp, you can stay in your flow and finish what you started. Now I want you to finish off by listening to this promotional spot and say, you know what, I need Setapp. Mike's been talking about it for a long time and I want to get Setapp in my life. So head over to setapp.com, try Setapp for a week. If you like it, plans start at just $9.99 a month. That's that's a drop in the bucket and you can use Setapp for as long as it's useful for you. And believe me, you're going to find it useful. There's so much packed into setup. I can't imagine it not being useful to you, especially since they now allow you to take your projects to iPhones and iPads with support for a variety of iOS companion apps for your Mac favorites like Ulysses, To-Do, and TaskHeat. Setup has grown. Grow with Setup. You can... Oh, I just can't say enough good things about Setup. So again, go to setup.com. Try Setup free for a week. You will not regret it. You will love what Setup can do for you. Again, that's S-E-T-A-P-P dot com. Go there now. Get that free trial. You'll be glad you did. And now let's get back to my conversation with Liam Austin here on the Productivityist podcast. All right, let's shift gears for a second and talk about the person on the other side of the equation, the the audience member, the person that's attending. Um, Again, we talked earlier about the overwhelm of events that were happening, especially especially with what's been going on in the world over the last 12 months. But more to the point, I think we saw some online summits happening prior to that. Uh, how does someone get the most out of one of these uh, summits if they're attending it? Because I think that that's, that's another thing is it's, it's kind of a two-way street, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think this really comes down to uh, the host of the of the event itself uh, making sure that 
there's, there's someone that you already maybe follow you've been to some of their smaller events maybe their smaller webinars or you've watched some of their recorded videos you know you've read their book or you listen to their podcast right mike mm-hmm. um, yep. so so you've got to know you've got a bit, a bit of familiarity familiarity with them uh, versus someone that's an unknown you may not uh, understand if it's the right fit for you and you, you know, you're blocking out three to five days, you're not really sure whether it's something for you. So I think it's really about filtering and looking at the host, what kind of speakers are being involved. And then also whether the, the outcomes of the event are in line with you personally, um, wanting to achieve um, your specific monthly or even quarterly goals so when i look at virtual events uh, or even listening to specific podcast episodes uh, this is me personally uh, Mm -hmm. i really like to search and look for the exact uh, topic that i'm interested in working on right now in my business versus something that oh that sounds interesting you know the next shiny object that maybe i potentially never get to right so really looking at the topic as well and deciding is this something that I'm working on in my business? Is it relevant to my business right now that I think can, you know, make an impact on the bottom line or in our processes and in our business? Does it help us right now? If not, potentially look at skipping it. Okay. Now the event is happening. You're putting it on. Um, I don't, I don't want to necessarily talk about that aspect of it because I think it differs, but, uh, because every event, like you said, depending on what you're doing, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a webinar, whether it's a, a, a multi-day summit, that differs. But I want to talk about after it because I think that that gets lost too. Um, I can tell you that I did not necessarily – I was so exhausted by the time I did the live edition of The Big Ready, primarily because I didn't have enough lead time. I didn't have enough do enough pre-production time. Um, and, and when I think about this, even in terms of the podcast that I do and, and, and the YouTube videos that I do and all that – Pre-production is a lot of time. The actual production time is short. And then the post-production time, it gets neglected. Um, what what advice, what thoughts do you have about post-event stuff that needs to happen uh, for anyone who's hosting it as well? Yeah, mainly who's hosting because the audience is going to get fed whatever the host offers, right? The virtual event, you've just taken your prospects or new cold audience into your tribe right they've got to know you like you built some trust hopefully if you've done it the right way you've got some authority you're being seen as this go-to expert in in your niche in your marketplace you've got these hot leads super hot leads ready to buy to take that next step with you so super crucial post the event making sure that your funnel is tight and you should have probably tested this with maybe some smaller events to begin with, but, um, or even using your existing uh, funnel for mm-hmm. your existing offers, right? So if you've got a coaching program, for example, uh, you normally say do a webinar, then there's some emails and there's a phone call and then they, you know, they purchase over the phone and, and they're then in your program, making sure that funnel aligns really well with your virtual events funnel. Okay, so that's when we we talked about that ultimate end goal selling that program, making sure that we reverse engineer the funnel so that we're designing the event, but then also post event designing them, taking them into purchasing that that product. Okay, if they haven't purchased during the event itself, how do we 
and nurture those people through to actually that ultimate goal. So that's on the on the sales revenue side of things. And then in terms of just, you know, nurturing your list and getting their audience, uh, having making sure they've had a good time, I think there should definitely be, you know, some kind of surveys uh, being done, uh, grabbing some testimonials uh, from the attendees for your event. And if it's on Zoom, pretty easy to um, set up a separate Zoom room and, and start just recording testimonials uh, from the attendees. Uh, so surveys, testimonials, uh, follow-up from anyone purchasing. Uh, and then the with the live element, I think, to, again, you know, setting expectations right at the very beginning to get people to show up and engage. The live content, you want people there live. That's, you know, the ultimate goal for most events not the ultimate goal but it's one of the main goals right mm. get them there live so in post-production of providing the say the recordings of the videos i think you want to wait at least two weeks before delivering them into people's memberships uh, unless they've purchased maybe you can give immediate access but for people who haven't purchased uh, that are just getting the recordings later on uh, because they're already part of a paid community then discourages people from turning up live if they know they can get the recordings, you know, one or even two weeks later. So yeah, really those recordings, I'd even say, look, it's probably going to be two, three months before I can get them to you because we've just got so much going on and we really want you to show up here live. So if you want this content, if you want it now, show up live, otherwise, you know, be inside your membership in two months time. All right, Liam, before I let you go, uh, I want to ask you a couple more quick questions. First off, um, you mentioned the right off the top that the, one of the most important things is the end goal. Is the is ultimately the end goal is what you want what you want to focus on so that you know what to build your event around. No matter how you do it virtually, but how important is it to get help for this kind of thing? So not just to help from your audience because I think a, a lot of people when they set this up they start and I know I I went down this path. I actually had Vanessa Tharp help me with this and she was phenomenal and and it was without her the event would not have worked. Um and because it's such a a a passion project of mine and there's so many other things that I need to do. How important is it to have help not just from maybe you hire someone or or, or something along those lines, but also help from the people that you're getting involved, say the speakers, say this and then how do you ask for that help in a way that doesn't appear? Because I've had this happen before too, um, where I've had emails from people saying, hey, we want you to be part of this virtual event, but you need to do this and this and this and this and this and this. And, and, and the list becomes endless. And you're like, you know what? I, I don't have time to help you with that. So I felt overwhelmed by the ask. So how do you ask for help in a way that um, is reasoned as opposed to is maybe overwhelming to the people who you're going to get involved in, in, the, in the project as well? Okay, so this is so, so crucial. I think it's one of the biggest benefits of hosting a virtual event by just building a, your network of influences right, in your niche, building relationships, building friendships with mm -hmm. the, the most important people right, in your niche, the people who are already you know, the go-to experts who are seen as you know, the influencers in your marketplace. And you want to position yourself alongside these people uh, if, if you're not already in that circle. And so to get into that circle, you need to really yeah, build that friendship, like not just a relationship, but a friendship. Like there's so many commonalities and things that you guys can share amongst each other that it's more beneficial for you guys to be helping each other uh, than 
you know, competing against each other. So I always look at it, uh, life as abundance and there's, there's plenty for, for everyone. And if you work together, it's like rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you build that friendship, right? With uh, these experts in your niche? Well, yeah, invite them to be involved in your virtual event. Talk about how you want to make it, what, what your end goal is, how you want to make it into the most impactful event for your prospects uh, in the marketplace today, da-da-da, whatever your um, you know tagline is. Uh, and then say, look, I'd love for you to be involved. I want to put you on my stage. I'm going to get you in front of my audience. I'm going to do these paid ads. I'm going to do it to these audiences. I've got these sponsors involved. So, you know, you're going to be, put on this stage and, you know, elevating your authority and your expertise even more and further than it currently is. And I want to do that for you. Uh, and I'd love to, for you to be involved and be part of this. Uh, and as part of that conversation, this is kind of all the way, one way traffic. You're talking about your event and having them involved in your event. Well, what's the most important project that they are working on? Mm. Uh, this, this event, maybe it's your most important project. But what, what's, what's their big project over the next 12 months that they're working on? Ask them about it. You know, what's, what's, what's the number one most important project that you're working on your business over the next 12 months? And they say, well, it's X. And then you've got to figure out a way to help them with this project, help them, right? It's this, this partnership, these friendships, it's a collaboration, so you're, you're helping them, you're trying to figure out a way to help them, whether that is through, you know, doing some kind of promotion at your event or promotion via your email list to their big project that they're working on, or you can introduce them to someone or you can provide support in some other way, but it is a, absolutely a two-way street. And these relationships that you are creating and building it's not just for your event. It's for years and years down the track. Like from the, my very first event I ran in 2015, I'm still in touch with pretty much all the speakers, but with some of them, I'm actually like co-owners in businesses with them. Mm. And we're consistently been helping support each other for the last you know, five, six years now because we, we approach it in a collaborative way that we wanted to make sure that we helped each other. And it and really that most important question is, you know, what's the most important project you're working on in the next 12 months and then figure out a way to help them with it. Liam, this has been awesome. It's helped me. I, I mean, I don't know if anyone could hear in the background. I was muting myself uh, every once in a while so I could type some notes because uh, I've been thinking about uh, what the Big Ready looks like going forward. Uh, the live event was nice and small and intimate and maybe the Big Ready going forward. Uh, you, you've given me like tons of ideas to think about. And I hope that you as a listener have had some ideas, not just uh, if you want to host your own event, but also what you can bring to the table as, as an audience member, how you can get more out of these virtual events. Liam, where can people keep up with you and your work uh, so that they can learn more about this kind of stuff that you do going forward? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can go to entrepreneurshq.com forward slash summit. Uh, and there's a 23,000 word guide on how to run a virtual event or virtual summit for yourself. Many tips, software tools. Uh, there's some checklists there that you can download. So go grab that, entrepreneurshq.com forward slash summit. See, and you could have heard me typing into the keyboard just now, but I muted myself going to that URL. So you should do the same. Hey, Liam, thanks again so much for joining me uh, today on the Productivity is Podcast. Mike, this has been fun. It's been great. Cheers, mate.